No, right come now. on, man. A.K.A. Jordan. <laughs> you got to give it a second to, you know, get legs. That's true. No matter what happens, this is going to be fun because everybody in this in this room here loves, in this room, virtual room, loves Star Wars. And we're sometimes violent about it. <laughs> like, so I'll just, we'll just get off track right away because that's what we do. Uh, I was talking to Ryan today on the phone, and he was explaining how he was talking to a tech school, uh, one of the pipeliners, uh, and he said he was just he was explaining it to me, and I was like, "Relax, man. I like Star Wars." <laughs> Afterwards, yeah, you it, go ahead. He, he likes Rogue One, like it's his favorite. Um, <laughs> I couldn't take that. See Aaron's face. He's like, mm. <laughs> "Couldn't take that." Right. It's all right. It is all, it's all right. right. It's not the best Star Wars movie ever. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Well, it's barely a Star Wars movie. It's a really good war movie. Like train yeah. robbery, I think. Yeah. Well, that's Solo in it. Yeah, that was. Oh, my bad. What am I thinking? Yeah. Oh, it's a dirty, dirty dozen in space. There you go. That's what. That's what I was calling it. Anyway, um, now that the audience has gotten huge, I see a couple people Jonathan. on there. Jonathan, what's up? <laughs> all right. Yes. Uh, I'm gl- How did you uh, ask her? Uh, I'll just ask her here. Hopefully, she's. Well, it's a delayed sometimes. The chat's quicker. Um, and did you like uh, the movie? She went to go see. What'd you go see? That's a fantastic question. Damn it. I'm just really focused on The Mandalorian right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. Um, oh, it was, uh, it was Mustang versus uh, Ferrari. Oh, she went to go see that. Yeah. Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway. games all up. What is it? Ford versus Ferrari. Ford versus Ferrari. All right, man, relax, <laughs> chill out. The first Ford GT that they, I mean, come on, man. Like, is that what it was, really? Okay. All right. Created by Christian Bale. Okay, there's there's a couple mechanics in this in this virtual room here, <laughs> and it's not us. Okay. And by the way, this is not about mechanics or making me uh, look stupid. Let's throw that out there. All right. Maybe not the latter. The former definitely. Jonathan said it was amazing. Bale and Damon will be up for Oscars. I doubt that, Sorry, seriously. <laughs> Making bets. Okay. Well, uh, I'm glad you can attend, Jonathan, because if anybody gets anything out of this, I think it'll be you, because Aaron and, and Ryan are uh, are crazy Star Wars geeks, and they know a lot about the extended universe and things that most people, including myself, don't know about it. Um, anyway, really, we just wanted to get together. Aaron and I have been talking about this, and I got another buddy, uh, Josh Hammerling, who I hope pops up on the feed He's also, like Ryan and Aaron, super geeks. Like Jonathan's husband, um, first sergeant at Singer. I hope he I hope he watches this at some point for me to say that. But uh, uh, he's also an extended universe. And he actually boycotted the this latest trilogy, didn't he, Aaron? Yes, he did. That's right. Because they didn't make all the extended universe, uh, it's, what do you call it, canon. I mean, yeah. you respect that. But yeah. All the books. <laughs> It's better than going to see the movies day of and then being like, oh, they suck. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's great. That's true. Yeah, he's, uh, uh, you got to expect, like you said, respect the principles. But anyway, um, I absolutely love The Mandalorian. Um, guys, what we were thinking about doing, I'm going to pull this up here for us, for you and I, Jordan. We'll know what's happening, but they won't. Um, 
let's just do it this way. Let's just say, you know, what level. Um, I'm going to assume that you guys liked it because you're Star Wars fans. Um, but um, we'll, we'll talk. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about what uh, that I liked it because I did, and then we'll just uh, turn the mic over to different people. I, I really liked the, the first two episodes. Um, I felt like it had a. Uh, I'm not going to go negative. I'm going to stay all positive here because people were saying they're getting back to the real Star Wars and that kind of nonsense. Um, you know, Star Wars is Star Wars. It did feel um, more akin to the first trilogy, I'd say, because of the I would say the cinematography that they used. Uh, the visuals they used, the effects were obviously mostly um, uh, uh, old school graphics and not as much CGI, just like the, the latest trilogy is doing. I really respected it. It was so good, man. I, I, because I'm a Star Wars geek and uh, I just say fanatic, um, I don't look for effects. I don't look for, oh, could I tell that was CGI? I just enjoy it. And I, and I just, you know, you just suspend disbelief, as they say. Um, so it, nothing popped out to me as being a graphic or anything. I, I, so that it felt really good. Uh, cinematography, so so beautiful. The scenery, everything looked real to me. <laughs> it all looked like it was this uh, you know futuristic planet or this planet somewhere else in the Star Wars galaxy. So I really loved it. But most importantly for me, I loved it because I'm a just a crazy Clint Eastwood fan, a Western fan. And as they've been touting it from the very beginning, that's exactly what it is. It's a, in my opinion, a throwback western. Uh, and I got a couple picks here for you guys. Uh, I wanted to show. I, I didn't want to. I said something to Aaron about it, but I didn't want to show you guys. And but I'm gonna pull this up real quick. Um, does that pop up? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but look, look at the different. Look at the similarities here. There's Clint Eastwood and the outlaw Josie Wales. There's the Mandalorian. And that first scene in episode one, I mean, how awesome is that? They're, it's just so similar. And not only that, but this as well. So you got that music, the Clint Eastwood Spaghetti Western, with uh, Spaghetti Western music, and you have this. That's the soundtrack season one. So it's sort of a, you know, whatever kind of, Aaron probably knows what it's called. Whatever instrument that is, the flute, or that it, <laughs> I couldn't find a better cut of it, but when they're in that bar scene, at the, you could hear that sort of digital flute, like a do with a, a, some kind of snouts playing it. Yeah, but uh, taxi. That's right, yeah. But it's the same kind of, you know, flute or whistle uh, sound. And, um, I, I think that was uh, they weren't trying to hide that he, you know John Favreau came out and said that's exactly what we're going for and then before I turn it over to you guys I'll say the music overall a friend of mine said he was underwhelmed by the music but I love the music I yeah, yeah I see the, you went mm, like that Aaron yeah I, I'm not I, didn't, I wasn't overwhelmed or like oh my god the music kind of thing like uh, you know uh, the original trilogy or any of the stuff uh, that uh What's his name? Williams. Uh, any of the original score um, stuff that they did, but it seemed to me that it was very purposeful, and it's old Western music, and he so it it wasn't something he was trying to to create something new. He was using the old school stuff. Um, but so those are just as just a general idea of, of what I liked about it. Go ahead, Aaron. No, yeah. So musically, I thought it, I 
I did the little because a little bit, but at the same time, I'm with you. Like it was nice and bassy. It did. I'm a huge spaghetti western fan. Like plenty of Swood movies. Yeah. Or if I go see what town, I get a chance to. And uh, yeah, this music was awesome. Uh, I, and I thought you're right. Cinematography was really cool. I thought the opening scene was. I mean, that was pulled almost straight out of like an old school western. You know, it, it, was, it was really cool. Yeah, so I, I'm with you on that. I I, I love the aesthetics of it. Um, it, it just God, it's awesome. I don't want to talk about <laughs> anything else yet. But to go with just let you hey, Let's I, do I, this, Aaron. Let's do this. Let's let's stop at a point and we'll go from this point on. It's spoilers. Okay. Okay. So keep going. No. Um, no I'm going to turn it over to Ryan. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, I thought the music was definitely very basic. Uh, the opening scene was great with their original score there. Uh, when, uh, never mind the spoilers, but the one scene <laughs> that stuff happens and you get a hint of the, the force theme, that was really good. That was fantastic. I, I love that because I could hear it and I wanted it to come out because you knew what was happening, but it didn't. So that was awesome. I like because they're trying to also stay a little bit away. And yeah, I like the backstory we're getting with the. Uh, just after Empire stuff, that's awesome to see. You, you need more in between six and seven, so anything we can get is, I love it. Because that's the next topic. But Jordan, what did you think? I really enjoyed it. I mean, uh, I'm probably the least uh, well-versed in Star Wars in this group. I mean, I grew up with it and everything, but like, just from like a cinematic standpoint, watching it and like, the fact that, that it was 30 minutes, but you had like a whole cinematic universe, even though it, it is just this, these short episodes, I mean, and the fact that it was the elements of the westerns, and we'll probably bring up the fact that some of the samurai elements came. Oh, that's true. The fighting was like kung fuish, yeah. samuraiish. Yeah. It was so cool, and the way that it, it lended to the the development of the character too, which we can get into. It just was really exciting, and I mean, I love just the universe, and it really felt like someone that loved the universe was creating this, and that's what was exciting about it because it's it's a story that is connected to everything because it's always connected to everything in Star Wars, but. It's unique and it's yeah. exciting. So let's let's open that up. Then you brought let's segue on that. Um, it's sort of um, we'll get we'll get into the, some of the education of uh, of what the extended universe was. And so after Return of the Jedi, um, I, I really liked a lot of people bag on the opening scene and sort of the Jabba um, that the the Hut Mafia, the Hut uh, Cartel, if you will. Um, but what a, a crazy huge. I want to say universe, but world, underworld that they could explore, and that's what it felt like to me. Mm-hmm. You know, gritty and I want to say lawlessness, but kinda. Oh yeah. I mean, the imperial, the empire's gone, so um, you know, it's sort of toughest person prevails. What do you guys think about that feel? Does it feel like post empire? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, it absolutely feels that way. Uh, not only you know, plus the insinuations that they make about it, but. Um, that's part of the reason I was excited for Mandalorian because it was going to really delve into the CD underworld that is of Star Wars. Right. We we never spent a lot of time in any of the like the original trilogy uh, in bright shiny places, right? They were they were almost always in some kind of you know bunker or den or something like that. Right. Not to mention that on Return, you know, of course they had, they fought uh, Jabba the Hutt. So yeah, that was. That was what got me so excited about the Mandalorian, honestly. Mm-hmm. But not only that, but it was also Star Wars content on a TV show. Uh, th- those are the things that I really got I got jazzed for uh, when I first heard. You got that. jazzed. Yeah, I get hyped. You get you get jazzed. <laughs> hey, uh, there's some insults in the chat, so we'll get back to those. All 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 insulting Aaron, so that's fine. 
But uh, <laughs> hey, Ryan, answer this. Uh, Jonathan asks about the timeline and it being after after Jedi. You want to talk about that at all? Uh, I think with the Empire still alive, uh, it's kind of strange because like it kind of goes the the can so minute what is actually real and what's not considered part of the canon. So uh, one thing that's uh, canon was the Battlefront Two game in that story mode. And that had a Palpatine having a basically an escape plan, a plan that was like, oh, I died. This is what we're going to do now because we're still going to kill people. And now we know Palpatine's coming back in some form in episode nine. So he obviously had this whole thing planned out just like he did in the prequels. But uh, it kind of makes you wonder, just uh, not going into spoilers, just what this whole Empire thing is. Is this part of Palpatine's plan? Is it actually going into episode nine with everything going forward oh stop just, stop stop there yeah. don't don't we're gonna talk <laughs> no, about no, that I'm, though. I'm, not, I'm not gonna go into spoilers just that it's it definitely seems like just after the death star blown up probably like i'd say maybe five years because yeah. it seems like uh the main protagonist for instance he's he's really used to hating the empire hating droids that kind of thing but he's he knows the empire's dead and he knows that he doesn't want those things. Like he doesn't want the credits like that. He knows it's gone. So well, that 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 leads credence to your theory that the empire. I mean, if there's still imperial credits, it can't be that long. Right. Yeah. So they got to still be around, but obviously people are still like, you know, a king topples, and you're still used to having a king. So you kind of wonder what to do. So these these people are all just lawless, like Aaron said, and it's they don't know what's going on. Who's in charge? Right. So before before we move on, uh, Tim Randleman insulted Aaron. So he said. Uh, <laughs> Na- <laughs> Tim said uh, Nasco plays the pan the pan flute, <clears throat> just like an anchor man. <laughs> but he said he's he was with us. He said it, it's growing on him this musical score. I think that I think it will all get used to it after a while, uh, and I think it, it'll just like the entire series. It'll it'll evolve as well. Tim also said uh, there's a lot there's a post empire lack of oppressive order in this world of the Mandalorian. Yeah, I mean, and that. You know, in any kind of situation like that, when there's a power vacuum, um, I think that's. I'm hoping that that's what where the Mandalorian will step in and you know sort of fill that. I, I don't want to get into it quite yet, but um, uh, hey, Aaron, um, those 30 years between uh, Return of the Jedi and what's what's going on right now um, between you and Ryan, can you guys explain a little bit more to Jonathan and other people? Uh, what's this period? What do we know about this period? So the Chuck Wendig's uh, Aftermath trilogy kind of delved into the final ending of the Empire and how it, like the last battle was over Jakku. Uh, well, not the last last, but uh, the last most important battle was over Jakku. What's Jakku now? Where's that? That's planet that Ray was found on during Force of I'm just saying there's some people that might not. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, and so that's what, you know, it explained why that there, was an, there was a battleship graveyard on Jakku and stuff like that. Um, so that trilogy kind of was the the bridging of the gap, uh, primarily to help you understand kind of what really happened to the remnants of the Empire. Um, and then I haven't read any of the other books in between, um, but uh, maybe Ryan can fill in a little bit more. So that's that's what I, and what was really interesting about that trilogy of books was really Palpatine's plan. Like he had um, effectively he said that if they can't protect their emperor, their emperor, then that there shouldn't be an empire. And he self-destructed the the empire, other than a couple uh, superstar destroyers that he had um, sent out to the you know, beyond the outer reaches that he was mapping over the years uh, to try to get to to be able to send them out there to see if there's anything going on. 
so that was kind of his end game. And I think that episode nine might actually you know, bring that back around uh, when they're looking for the, the wayfinder or what have you that's, you know, rumor has it is what they're going to be doing. Right. Yeah, the, I mean, it, it's all that for sure. Uh, it, just, <laughs> it all just ties into what's going to happen in episode nine. I mean, it's really just like, all because Palpatine showed up in the trailer. If Palpatine didn't show up in the trailer, then I'd have absolutely no theory that all this plan that he had in the in that book trilogy and you know in the other lore that came up, I had no idea that he had any more of a plan than he's basically mad he didn't have power, he died, he wants it all gone, that kind of thing. Just and now that he popped up in episode nine, it's you know, this dude obviously has been playing for thousands of years of rule. So it's pretty crazy what's gonna happen. Yeah, um, Jonathan asked, uh, so does a Mandalorian understand what the Force is? Because obviously Baby Yoda can harness it. Um, Wait, we're talking about this stuff yet. Um, that's a really good point. But she, Jonathan, Jonathan, did, I know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's like the biggest spoiler I, of the show so far. <laughs> so I learned early on from watching other people stream that if you have to engage the people that are in the stream or you'll lose them. Sure, but you could have just in not. In the chat. You could have just not <laughs> Shut up. the second part. <laughs> okay. Um, Tim said uh, he thinks that Filoni uh, and his work in Clone Wars and Rebels will have a far-reaching effect on the Star Wars universe. Filoni actually made this with Favreau, right? Right. Yeah, so the guy who made... He was the creative director for all TV, Star Wars TVF stuff that's coming out. Right. And Kathleen Kennedy, I think, is still over the, the movie universe, and then he's going to be running the, the TV. And that's what and Jordan and I really were impressed. Like, after they, you know... It goes up and says that's the credits pop up, all the art at the end. Ooh, I love that. <laughs> I watched the entire credits. I watched all the so art. Cool. Do you guys are you guys checking that out? Uh, just to to not go into spoilers, just uh, We're gonna I think to. it's really amazing that we have a just somebody trying something new. I knew it had to be someone great like John Favreau, like you know he did Iron Man, he kind of started the whole Marvel kickoff, and just. It's, it's awesome. I was watching it and I was just like, this is what everybody wanted. It's not because it's like, you know, this is OG Star Wars or anything like that. It's just that it's something that we don't know much about unless you really have dived into the lore. Like, for instance, just the Mandalorians, how they operate, like their tribes and all that. Go like, ahead. That's, Go ahead and that's, talk about the Mandalorians, Ryan. Oh, I mean, the, most of the I know it is the couple books I've read on, like Mandalorians going crazy and then like uh, the old games, uh, Knights of the Republic, when the Mandalorian Wars and just Revan destroying and slaughtering everybody. Uh, I'm kind of actually interested. They talked about uh, when he met the Mandalorian. It's not really spoiler territory yet, I guess. But uh, he talked to the other Mandalorian, Smith, and uh, she said these were mostly lost in the Purge. And I don't know if she's talking about Mandalorian Wars or was there another Purge that Palpatine did. I I didn't know what that was. So I was hoping it's Mandalorian Wars and they're going to make that stuff canon. But that's that's a pretty... uh, it's pretty high hope. So the, Man- the Mandalorians, uh, the the planet is Mandalore, right? <clears throat> they talk about uh, talk not about four or five, I think, right? Oh, really? I think it's not four or five. <clears throat> I'm not sure. You remember I mean, you remember more about Knights of the Old Republic than I do, and you were like twelve. That might which just is funny. The planets in their system or something. I'm, okay, mm-hmm. but uh, they're, they're they they're a tribe. But is that like uh, I can't remember exactly. Aaron, do you remember anything more about oh. the Mandalorians? Yeah, so yeah, the, the planet's Mandalorian, they, are, they have tribes, so um, during the Clone Wars, uh, they, they, the Clone Wars TV series actually got into a lot of kind of how the Mandalorians were deciding which way they wanted to go, uh, and, and 
like the Mandalorian army in and of itself was designed as it is now to fight Jedi, right? They they were um, they were conquering world after world back you know back thousands of years ago, and then they finally got into an area where there were Jedi, and then and they were just they, they lost. They got their ass handed to them. Um, so they started figuring out ways that they could defeat the Jedi. So the way that they move, the way that they, you know, the different pieces of armor or different pieces of technology they have on right. them, that is all based to try to defeat the Jedi. Uh, and that's and that's what's so interesting about the Mandalorian, not to get into spoilers yet, but Go ahead. Uh, and kind of his lack of knowledge of certain things. But I'm not surprised by that because it's been so long yep. since the Purge of the Jedi. Uh, but yeah, so it's... Uh, where I was going with that, but yeah, um, the Mandalorians are—he's right. They, they live war, right? They, that's pretty much all they warrior done culture in their existence. Uh, so that's their you know warrior. So the things I thought were really cool—the purge, I, I, how I kind of took that—I think it was the Empire's purging of Mandalore. I think they thought that was probably like the one section or one sect other than the Jedi that probably uh, could go against them the most. So I think that that—that's what it meant. And it kind of insinuated to me that the reason the Empire perched the uh, Mandalorians is for that metal, uh, because it's it's like you to me it was that was a, the the highest cost piece of currency that the Empire had. Right, uh, could take a blaster shot. Yeah. So yeah, um, and everybody afterward, you know, we've heard that referenced a couple times about about the steel now. Um, so, I, and I think that that was a big piece of it that, that the Empire purged them partly because of that and also because they're just such strong warriors. But is is uh, the metal the stuff fiber blades are made of? Beskar? Beskar, is that what it's called? I'm just thinking that maybe another reason they want the metal is because it can deflect lightsaber hits. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, lightsabers, blasters, I mean, um, anyway. Let, there's probably no other way to do this besides start talking about spoilers right now. But I'll just say this before we talk about spoilers. What do you guys think about the acting? I thought that uh, I've heard these people say this on YouTube and, and, and a couple of different uh, television programs that Pedro Pascal, um, the Mandalorian, uh, and I'll and I'll double it, double down on it. I can't believe that they found a way. And I got to give Favreau and the directors of the first two episodes credit. Their actual personality coming out of of the character, even though you can't see his facial expressions, and he's not making wild, you know, he's not going crazy with his gestures. It's just, you know, almost an imperceptible nod of his head or a turning of his head, and then the inflection and tone of his voice. Ryan, you wanted to say something? Yeah, he's got a, he's got. I, I was noticing it. He's got Boba Fett's walk, but mostly like a. Uh, Boba Fett was so full of himself, <laughs> so. Anything he did, he was leaning on the counter. You know, he's just hanging out. He knows he's can't be touched. And this guy has the walk and the status of that, but like, he definitely is more weary because, I mean, like Aaron said, he doesn't seem to have much knowledge of Mandalorian culture, just the religion and that kind. Of, that that's about it. So it was really cool to see how he knows he's deadly, but he's very wary still. He doesn't know exactly. It doesn't seem like he knows his place. It was very good acting in that sense. I I, I agree. So back to the Western theme, I really like how it almost always shows him with his hands to or his right hand two inches away from the blaster. <laughs> it's right. so, so bad. Especially so with, with the Jawas. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. And they're like blaster two because his hand was right there. That was really cool. And I think, uh, I think part of the reason why there's not a lot of talking, one is for the Western feel of it, but also, you know, 
it's pretty hard to have him with a mask on all the time, you know, because he's not going to take the helmet off. Like, so it, I think they're limiting the amount of talking that happens, which helps with the feel of the show and, and, and the aesthetics of it all. But also, you know, it would be, I think we'd see a little bit more chinks in the armor, so to speak, if, uh, if he had to speak more. Right. And Jonathan said that her brother appreciated the lack of dialogue as well. I'll double down again on that. It, it's, you know, it's a Clint Eastwood type character. Doesn't really speak unless, and when he does say something, you're like, oh, damn. <laughs> you know, like, I can bring you in warm or I can bring you in cold. That sort of one-liner was also typical of a Western. Well, it's cool as well that you okay. see the, the building of the character, too, just through like the, the two episodes that we've seen and the fact that he's not like arrogant and he's not while we do have like the lack of speaking they could take it the route of like he's a badass he doesn't talk and when he does it's one-liners but then we have the scene where he's running after um the sand what's it called again the jawas yeah jawas sand crawler yeah yeah. when he's running after the sand crawler that entire scene where he's like (laughs) trying to climb up it he's got no hope in hell (laughs) that he's gonna like be able and they're throwing trash down that was fun we were just watching a review on it too where they're talking about it because it's like it was so desperate, and so like, he's not going to be able to do it, and then he gets beaten down, and he's got to go back and basically put his pride aside. So it's cool. It's exciting to see that he's like, while he is like a cool, mysterious character, who like obviously his backstory is going to slowly develop, that it is slow, that he's still at the bottom, and it's yeah. going to be like a hero climb rather than... He's vulnerable, though. He's not this superhero. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, him in the mud oh, fighting the beast. Pumped, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Him getting the egg. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was a mess. That okay, was stop, stop it. You, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought we ended. I thought we were done. Well, uh, Tim says, uh, age-wise at this point, I think the Mandalorian character was born sometimes, sometime around Order 66. And, you, uh, and uh, Aaron, I'll let you take this. <clears throat> In a universe as large as, as this, we know that by, uh, by Awakens, Luke was more a legend rather than real. Can, can imagine he is not aware of Force abilities as a result. Yeah, so that's what I was gonna. I was kind of get it get to earlier. Like, I, I I was not surprised that he didn't know what the hell happened. Uh, you know, with the baby thing, right? Not to talk about what that is, but it. it I, I wasn't surprised by that because it's been so long. He was, you know, the, the purge had already happened. The Jedi were gone. Yeah. Uh, so, and in outer reaches, it's even more likely that they didn't experience the Jedi. So, and then being that far away from the Mandalorian culture. They probably don't learn a lot about the Jedi, um, yeah. so or they feel that they're already gone. So there's no reason to talk about. It. So I think, I think that has a that's a huge part to me. That was uh, it was a minor detail, really, but at the same time, it was super important to me to help you under, help us understand kind of where the universe is in that moment. So let's go ahead. Let's go into it, guys. If you don't want to, if you don't want to hear spoilers, now's the time to to cut your feed, um, and maybe you can watch this. Um, uh, on demand uh, on the Facebook page uh, later on, but from this point on, we're gonna we're gonna get into some spoilers. But so I really want to okay, go. <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to talk about that because each person now has alluded to it. The flashback that the Mandalorian had um, to what the whether it was the purge or whatever. Did you see his camera? That was weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, or whatever event it was where he was a child and there were you saw blaster fire. And uh, people, civilians getting killed. So it seems to be a memory of his parents being killed and him being either enslaved or. So, what do you guys think about that? What did you get from that? Uh, honestly, I, 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 
honestly, I didn't even pay attention to it that much. He's obviously got a hate for uh, the Empire and also for droids, which we don't know why, so it could have been a droid bounty yeah. hunter that somehow was tracking down the Mandalorians. Uh, An IG-11? Yeah, as far as... Well, it's just an IG unit. I don't know which one. But, uh... Yeah, I mean, the flashback, I, I you definitely want to know more about the guy. But I'm more interested in seeing what comes of the baby and all that stuff. Yeah. Okay, so... Think, uh, go ahead, go ahead, Aaron. I think context, like... I really paid attention to the flashback, uh, but I think it was that was a total setup for when he found the orphan, right? That was it, it gave him a a connection to this creature gotcha. that made him make that decision, right? And that that was I think that was the point to the audience was sure. hey, this guy he mentioned he already mentioned that he was an orphan, and then he finds an orphan, and now I think you know his hero's journey. The question to me is going forward: Does he turn the baby in or does he not? Yeah, uh, and is it going to turn into a now he has a bounty on him because he has this baby instead of bringing it to the empire? Uh, th- those are the things that that's what I thought of if, after the first episode was like, holy crap! I think this is how it's going to go down. Yeah, right? and, uh, but I, I still don't know. He's still he's still an ambiguous character as far as morals uh, for the most part. He you can tell he has a moral compass, uh, but at the same time, it, he's a bounty hunter, so he's been and he showed early on that he's very cold blooded about stuff. So it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> he's we're smoking those Yo- those Yo- uh, Jawas in the second. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we were like, why is he doing that? <laughs> like, what's the? Oh, they're scavenging his shit. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but right, let, even with the bounty, that makes sense because we yeah. had seen a review with the uh, IG unit and the fact that he, when he takes him out, and that's against the guild's rules or codes in in a way. Oh, he killed a fellow bounty hunter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where like, he poached his bounty. So. Okay, let's go back to um, uh, episode one. If we're going to do spoilers, let's do it right. Um, <clears throat> the first episode was more of just establishing the fact that he's a bounty hunter and that he's capturing people for money. And um, like Ryan was talking about, money is hard to come by in this. Uh, I, I can't remember what kind of currency it was, but the, those colored discs that they put on the table were more uh, worth more to him than the Imperial credits were. Um, and then, Don't worry. Ah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the Beskar uh, metal was, like you said, um, like gold <laughs> when he put it down. And then he, he got to make his pauldron out of that, which I thought was so cool. So let's assume, you guys can tell me what you think, that in the first season he's going to be building his, pseudo, uh, his Mandalorian armor. Agreed. So if that's true, I'm not, I, don't think that's a, I don't think that's in question. But... So the the guy in the bar like took a knife and mm-hmm. he took like a dagger and he scraped and said, "Is that Beskar?" Um, so it seemed like it was, but in episode two, that rhinoceros thing like just destroyed yeah. it. So I don't just know that it is. That Maybe it's just <laughs> old or what do you think? I mean, obviously it's got some sort of. Uh, it's not just normal armor. I mean, every time you had to repair it, it had some sort of computer system going on. Right. So I don't know exactly what it does. But yeah, it, it could just have something like uh, trying to think of those energy fields. Maybe it produces an energy field for them, that kind of thing, something like that. But uh, yeah, I don't think it's best. Yeah, I don't think I don't think this chest plate is either. I think his helmet and that pulchin are. I don't, I don't think the rest is. I think yeah. you're right. Yeah, because of the color. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Jonathan says uh, before we keep going, do Mandalorians get a signet? Didn't understand that part, and John said it wasn't in the books. Uh, I don't know 
I can't remember exactly what a signet is. Uh, I imagine it's just when they're allowed to actually go to battle, but that doesn't really make sense. I just remember that most of their childhood is brought up just them fighting constantly. They're just doing simulated battles all the time. And then I know they're at one point deemed ready for war. I don't know if that's what this is because it doesn't quite make sense or maybe they've adapted it because the tribes are so scarce now. I mean, I was just excited to see that there is even still a tribe. I didn't think that was a thing. I thought, you know, Boba Fett or whatever was just like out there alone. So I don't right. know. Yeah, I'm not sure either, but the way it kind of sounded, it almost sounded like that was going to be his name. Uh, I, I don't know if that's true or not, but it's, have you, have you received your name yet? You know, like it's like a naming for uh, for them is is kind of how it seemed to me when uh, when he was talking to the um, the blacksmith, but yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what the signal is there. No, I gotta I go back and re- and watch it watch it. We're, I only seen it uh, twice, but um, okay. Well, uh, so episode one, um, like we talked, we we alluded to before, the bar scene was a typical uh, Western. You know, you spilt my drink <laughs> yeah. bar scene, which I thought you know the it wasn't this crazy fight. It's just him. You know, beating a couple guys' ass, some you know, a couple drunks. Cutting a dude in half with a door. Oh yeah, oh, that that too. That was supposed to happen on on Disney. I, I, I could have sworn they said no dismemberment, but well, they only showed it was in the foreground, right? His leg fell. Yeah, yeah and he's like. <laughs> so as soon as I saw him go towards the door, I went yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the in the uh, previews, I, I was hoping that they would show it, but I guess you more heard it than you did see it because it's. You could probably fake your way out of that. Oh, it wasn't the legs; it was uh, it was something else. But uh, what what else stood out for you guys in episode one? Uh, obviously, the IG part was awesome. I mean, we've known he's a bounty hunter, or we know they use bounty hunter droids for a while. Just seeing him actually in action, able to do something like that, is that was bizarre. That was amazing. I mean, that was just great stuff. Uh, then the, uh, I guess the old man that had, uh, has the mounts, that was really cool because, I mean, we find out later, he doesn't even know about the Force, really. Uh, but right. he knows about the Mandalorian just from books. So I don't know if that's going to be a returning character or not. Queel? Queel? Is that his name? Queel? We wrote it down. Um, he's an Ugnaught? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, say I have spoken. Ugnaught, I thought the the makeup or all whatever it was on the Ugnaught was badass. Like, mm-hmm. that was, I thought he, he was, was an Ugnaught. Yeah, those practical effects were so yeah, so good. And uh, so the IG Eleven part, thought it was awesome. Got to see that droid like in full on action. I was like, yeah, man, that thing's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Like I just <laughs> arms spinning around. I was like, holy shit! It was a okay. cool character immediately. And get some the humor. Uh, and then the other humor. thing that I found interesting about that last scene after they find the baby, uh, and the Mandalorian decides to kill the IG unit, was the IG unit had I don't know if he had the same bounty from the same people, because he said you know that the the bounty was for it to be dead. Where he did. Mandalorian was either dead or alive, preferably, but dead if you have to. And I found that to be interesting. So I was like, who, you know, I, I think that just kind of sets up the idea that there's more than one organization that's looking for this thing. The, uh, the second group of people that attack him as well, they had also another uh, tracker. So I think that was the second group of bounty hunters attacking him as well. So there's definitely somebody else with the, you know, bounty on that. Going, going after the baby and not him. Right. Just leaving him, yeah. Um, Tim says, uh, the probable Mandalorian refugee hideout stood out to me in episode one. I agree. No, it was, it, the, whole, the whole scene, that whole part with the, the, the memory 
the, the Smith uh, seeing of you know a lot of Mandalorians kind of hanging out, uh, almost slum like, you know, kind of just hanging out on the side of the you know walkways and stuff like that. I thought all that was just so cool. Like building Mandalorian lore, it was just oh, it was awesome. And I, I don't know how they melted that metal so fast, but it was awesome. Yeah, like, <laughs> hot fire. Yeah, uh, I, I play Star Wars: The Old Republic, or I have in the past, and uh, they they definitely get into Mandalor Mandalorian uh, lore a lot more. But I, I played a mercenary bounty hunter, and that's I mean that's what I did was kill Mandalorians. Uh, <laughs> uh, but you know their blaster, their blaster uh, skills are you know the best. But anyway, um, uh, what else about episode one? Um, what about the uh, what about the acting overall in episode one and the different characters? Uh, we didn't really get to see much. Um, uh, Werner Herzog. Yes. They they show in IMDb they they say his character is called the client. What about that scene for you guys? The doctor, the client, the Imperial stormtroopers. What'd you think? I think the stormtroopers' armor being so dirty and then them being in a locked room, I think kind of pointed to their them being in hiding. Like that's it felt that way. They've been hiding for a long time, right? It's like they're the last remnant of a piece of the empire, um, and, and the the doctor. Had a bit of a cloner kind of vibe to him, uh, so but at the same time, it's like, it, or do they want the baby to help them resurrect Palpatine? You know, there's all kinds of questions that kind of rattle around in my head about it. Uh, I I love that scene and I, dude, the dude, the way that he spoke, like just that was next level acting. Like just, <laughs> the way he said Mandalorian was just it was awesome. But, um, Ryan, what about you? Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh... I definitely got it as soon as uh, the doctor showed up and the scientists, I immediately started thinking what this whole thing was about. And then uh, after we saw the baby at the end of episode one, I was like, oh my God. And just, <laughs> I, I, I knew it was going to be force sensitive and all that stuff. But like, I just, yeah, I got like a bunch of theories for what I think the whole show's even insinuating because it comes out at right before episode nine. So I'm hoping it's going to show some pretty big spoiler for what we're going to see. So, Yeah, that that's what we were talking about. Uh, Jordan and I were talking about last night was the last episode of the first season is a week after episode 9 opens. So that's pretty freaking cool, man. That, and then being able to tie it all in and knowing the skill of J.J. Abrams, it makes me even more excited for episode 9 um, based on you know what happens in... In the next month, we're going to learn so much about, I think, I, I, I agree. Uh, my buddy Josh Hammerling has a clone theory as well. I was telling you on the phone today, Ryan. He said that he saw some kind of uh, patch or symbol on the doctor's uniform that says he's a, I don't, I don't know the type of clone doctor he is, but whatever that is. Um, and he was like you thinking, well, what could it be? You know, is it? He's immediately started thinking: Is Ray a clone? Are they trying? Are they trying to clone uh, uh, whatever Yoda, whatever species that is? Are they trying to, you know? Um, the, and he wanted him alive. Um, and the, I also, and we're gonna talk about like the big theory. Uh, he talks about in uh, I think it's Clone Wars. Sidious talks about Plagueis and uh, how he's able Plagueis. to suck the life force from another into another. So I think a lot of what we're going to get there is either this is him sucking the life force from this highly force-sensitive, you know, yodeling into a, uh, either Palpatine or maybe they're creating Ray at this point. 
which I don't think timeline-wise it matches up, but maybe they just keep the baby around for Ray. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's super interesting. Uh, there's lots of pseudo theories out there about Episode Nine, and they and some of those, some of the most believed theories, if that's what you want to say, uh, what you want to call it, they're talking about the force sucking abilities of Palpatine and Darth Plagueis. Wasn't you guys help me out here? Wasn't Darth Plagueis? Wasn't he the one that could like orbit a planet and see where the force sensitive people were and then affect them somehow? Wasn't that Plagueis? It's been a while since I've read the book. I think so. That's why I thought. That's why I thought Snoke was Plagueis, but that didn't, turn, I, that didn't turn. I out. knew Snoke wasn't Plagueis. <laughs> that theory was kind of ridiculous to me, but because uh, Plagueis wouldn't show himself. But yeah, I don't. I don't know about the orbiting the planet. I know he was very good at. Uh, he could basically go into like cryo. Like that's why he lived for so long. Is he basically just his life essence would go away, but he'd still exist, and then he could come back. So that's that was true. We fought in Star Wars: The Old Republic. We fought him a couple different times in two different expansions. So he kept bringing himself back somehow. Um, we'll get into more theories in just a second. But um, uh, oh, your chief's watching, Ryan. <laughs> sorry, sorry, just jokes, just jokes. But not not jokes. You're actually watching. But uh, <laughs> um, so for episode two. So uh, anyway, at the end of episode one. Anybody want to describe what we saw? Little Yoda. I mean, oh, the, the, third, the third that we know exists. We had Yoda and Yaddle, and now we got this little oh, baby. Who's was Yaddle? The girl. Yaddle was a female Jedi that you saw during the uh, prequel trilogy. Just real quick. She was like on a council, and then she was gone. So, uh, yeah. We had we, we had a spirited discussion, Timmy Dan Randleman and a couple other guys about over, over Facebook about... Uh, you know, well, did Yoda have a, like, I was like, no, Yoda's got <laughs> like, do some shit. Yoda was asexual. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was like, well, I was like, dude, he, you know, he's not gonna, it's just, it, he's too beholden to the Jedi code, right? I was like, there's no way that he's like, well, let's, yeah, we'll make a baby. Like, no, bro, that's, that wasn't, wasn't gonna go down. What, a council but member? I could be wrong, right? The, the sorry-ass Je- yeah, Jedi code, sorry. sorry. Yeah. I'm not a fan. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a pretty cool reveal. Uh, and my my theory brain was running through all the way to where I, I really hope the last episode we like see their planet or something. Out. <laughs> yeah, like I, I just want to know more about that species because it's just obviously super force. You didn't have any problem. Either, any of you guys didn't have any problem with the uh, with the ET finger thing at the end. <laughs> no, nope. not, not really. It's just kind of like symbolism. I mean, it's it's Lucas Films. <laughs> <What do you laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, so, but it seems like good. on episode two he has some type of power to heal, right? Because he kept trying to heal yeah. at least the Mandalorian. Right? What a that was scene. so funny! What a cute freaking scene! He kept <laughs> know, walking really out. Uh, yeah, I. Uh, we, cat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's just wandering <laughs> over. Yeah, get over here! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he just closes the egg on him. See, but that's the way you do cute. No, you know, no offense to Lucas, but that's that's how that's the brilliance of John Favreau. You do cute like that. You don't do it with the silliness, sorry, that he had in the the prequels. You know, I get it. You're trying to sell toys, but you are obviously trying to sell toys. Now we saw a review, and this guy was oh, like, yeah. "Okay, Disney, so where's my where's my baby Yoda? I want to buy one now." Mm-hmm. Imagine Christmas, 
Imagine how much they're going to make on... You know they're coming in those egg pods and everything, <laughs> yeah. and then they're going to have, like, the, you can take out the Yoda, and, like, uh, but his effects were great. The fact that they mixed that, like, like a little puppet, it looked like, with, like, CGI for his face yeah. and ears, because the detail of his ears... I didn't notice I it. freaking out over that. <laughs> no. I, I just I just saw that baby Yoda. I didn't notice the... Yeah. I, until I we saw it, until yeah. we saw a review, and this guy was, like, screaming he wanted to buy a baby Yoda, and then he started talking about the practical effects um, mixed right. with the CGI. Did you guys notice in uh, episode one? So I was I was loving the whole intro scene and all that, but he stepped out into the ice, and uh, the scene where the droid ship comes up. Did you notice that was completely CG? Which one? The, the droid ship comes oh, up, the, the yellow like one, the land cruiser. Yeah, I did notice that. And I saw that, and immediately I was like, oh god, no! I was <laughs> yeah. thinking like, this, this is what's going to be the rest of it. Like, it's going to be just really taking me out of it. And then luckily a dude rolled up and it was a practical effect land speeder and I was like, okay, we're good. And the me, rest of it was great. I thought that they could even be like a joke towards the prequels because they had those oh, in like yeah. out like riddled in the prequels. So he comes up and he's yeah. like, was it a shot? Droids. He's like, hell oh, no. Maybe. And then it moves on and then it's practical. I mean, they had the, they had the, what's the guy? Oh no, wait, no, he's from the original trilogy. Never mind. The dude that, uh, Jabba the Hutt. Oh yeah. Oh, the, the so okay. Guy. Let's talk a little bit about, about some Easter eggs then. What are they called? His name was Salacious Crumb. The guy from. You would know that. Damn. You know how you know how I describe it. I describe him as the guy. <laughs> <laughs> the guy he wanted to smash. Which is why that Easter egg was so amazing. It was really cool. He's burning alive. But there was a couple of them, right? There was one in a cage, and there was one yeah. that that was one watching. Yeah, yeah. He was watching his boy get roasted. Yeah. You remember how much you hated this dude? <laughs> yeah. What other Easter eggs did we see? Oh, God, there were a lot. I mean, there's the Utini from uh, Jawa. I mentioned the dad, the, the actual audio clip where he goes, Utini! When he, when he comes yeah. up, you can hear that, that audio clip. Yeah. There's a lot uh, of... When he's popping out from the door. The eye popping out from the door, that's yeah. right. When he starts his speeder and it doesn't start that first time when the fish is like attached to him uh it's the pod racer noise and like as soon as oh, i heard it i was like yeah, is yeah. this the same engine as the pod oh, racer yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that yeah. thing yeah yeah like it's all stuttering yeah it's some great audio easter eggs in there that i really enjoyed and if you play the games uh which at least two of us do those are all in the games too they they, they use the same audio that's the that's what I really like about Lucasfilms and, uh, and and Disney taking it over. Tim says, also after episode two, I'm going to need to cosplay up my nephew as a Jawa and have him hand out cabaret eggs to people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. The timing must be you know deliberate by Disney, but it is quite brilliant. Um, but, uh, uh, because Jonathan said this, she's, I think she's still talking about the baby Yoda. Um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not too sentimental, but the way he brought in the Western part of it with, and then he brings in episode two where you're like, I'm already in episode two. I'm like, if anybody kills this baby, like, like Tim said earlier, you know, uh, Mandalorian will go on the John Wick craze, (laughs) kill everybody because they killed his dog. But, um, uh, just, there's a lot of heart in this, uh, in these two, this, these two episodes, I thought. Agreed. Maybe one of the so, this, 
kind of separate from the feely good stuff. But yeah. I thought it was hilarious how the little Yoda egg followed him everywhere when he's oh yeah ass, like after the the, the sand crawler it he's like do 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 like it's no big deal like bro like what what could this thing be thinking right now like what an idiot <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> it's kind of cool how he controls the egg and I, I really yeah but I I think everybody was thinking where's the egg is it falling behind is it going to get crushed and I yeah. wonder if they thought that when they were filming the you know, editing it up. They must have. Mm-hmm. Well, he was following the sand crawler. I immediately was like, because they had one shot of the egg moving behind it. And I was like, he's just slowly following behind the entire time. He's like getting zapped on the ship. That was hilarious. That was a really cool scene. I mean, but I like the fact, you talked about it earlier, Jordan. I really like the fact that he didn't just, you know, jump on top of the, the uh, what do you call it again? Thank you. Yeah, that's only the third time you've told me. The sand crawler and, and just like take it over. Yeah. And it makes him human again. Uh, human also at Mandalorian. I also loved how when they showed him inside the sand crawler, like he, it's built for Jawas, so he's like, yeah, he hit his head. Over and his head's hitting the roof. He's like, just grumpy about it. Like, this sucks. Like, I thought that was hilarious. Oh, yeah. Like, it's a real, like, uh, he's got to put his pride aside just to, because yeah. he's like, this is my stuff. You stole it from me. And they're laughing at him, and he's yeah, <laughs> trying to set awesome. him on fire. That was uh, great. Tim also said, there's probably splinter groups made up of Imperial members vying for the baby and for power in general. One thing about Imperial officers, they definitely have the drive to overtake the competition at any cost. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, yeah, it, it's just like every other theory. It's definitely plausible. I mean, the Empire was so bad when it was whole. The only reason they were good at what they do is because Vader ruled with an iron fist and killed anybody if they stepped out of line. So it's definitely viable that now that all the, you know, Dark Jedi or Sith are dead, that they are just kind of out there just trying to seize what they can because they're your hungry, crazy people. Yeah, that vacuum of power we were talking about. Definitely. Uh, Let's see, Tim also said... uh... He was talking about the about Gizmo. Uh, kind kind of wished he said light bright instead of bright light. <laughs> it definitely has a Gizmo feel, doesn't it? Oh, fact. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That might be how he got created. They might just pour water on Yoda. It's <laughs> pretty cool. All right, so let's talk. Let's talk theories. <clears throat> Who wants to go first? What do you What do you think's happening in the in the Mandalorian by episode eight? What will we know? What do you think's going to go down? I mean, I kind of gave mine already. I feel like it's Ray. The baby's going to be taken and turned into Ray. We're going to see Palpatine come out the shadows, and you'll see him do something with Ray. I feel like uh, that's what I hope for. I think realistically, it's it's not going to be as cool because it's such a niche in how people watch this. It's not something that's just on TV, so it's not accessible to everybody, or not everybody's going to want to pay the subscription to watch it. So I don't think it's going to be something as big as that, spoiler-wise. Uh, it's probably just going to be something like we see Palpatine, or we understand where he is and how he's in cryostasis, which even that seems like a too big of a spoiler. But it, it could just yeah. end that he saves the Yoda, or the Yoda dies, and then he dies, like something like that. That's what I'm, I don't think it's going to be too big of a spoiler because of it only being on Disney+. Plus. Right. So I think uh, I really... They have already ordered another season of this, right? I don't know. I think that, I think I've heard that there's a season two, so I think that this first eight episodes of the season 
is going to end with him finding a home for this yodeling. Like it's, I, I just, I, I feel that way. It just it has that vibe to me. And then it's gonna, that way, this is gonna be the, you know, the, the finite story, this part, this one story arc for him is our introduction to him. And then he's gonna go out and do other things later, you know, in later seasons. That, I think the season's gonna be almost completely with him and the yodeling. I don't, I don't yeah. think he's ever gonna separate from it until the last episode. Uh, but I don't see it ending with the yodeling going to the Empire, or unless, if it does, then that's going to be the driving factor in season two to make the Mandalorian go find him then. So I think he's going to end up being way too attached to him, right? He's, he's got his own little child puppy dog right now that just you know, literally follows him around. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I don't see it really any other way. But it, I, I, I'm, I'm with you, Ryan. I don't think there's going to be any huge spoilers. I think episode nine or the last episode of the season might have something tied in with episode nine. But I don't think it's going to be ginormous. I think it's yeah. going to be rather small. Uh, maybe a, maybe an of, of the Emperor because the movie will already come out. But I'm not really sure. I, I don't think it's going to be a lot of huge spoiler stuff like that. Yeah, like, I don't think so either. Uh, I, and the, the you know universe-changing event that happened in Episode 1, which was the Yodeling being, you know, being alive. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I think we'll definitely maybe see the... Uh, definitely the maybe? Hidden, oh, like... Uh, because they showed in the trailers the Death Star, I was thinking maybe that most of the Empire and what in order that it stands is probably based out of there. So we're going to see some sort of nod to that. I feel like maybe in Episode 8 or whenever the Mandalorian has to deal with the Empire again is they're going to instruct him to go there. Because they're going to they're gonna show something from Episode 9, like you said, Aaron. So like it's, it's something like that where they just pass by the Death Star or something is probably going to happen. Right, Tim says they've started... Filming season two, yeah. so I'm I'm glad I, I could take ten seasons. They got yeah. they got thirty years of of dead space. You might as well just go for it. Um, what do you think? What do you, do you have any theories? As to what's going to happen? I mean, we had heard one of the theories where mm-hmm. uh, in the beginning he like one of the next couple of episodes he might give the yodeling over to them because that's his initial like he's for the job. It's his contract. Yeah, it's his contract. He wants he wants the armor. So he would give it at first and then have regrets and go back and that's kind of a that would be a turning point for the character. So that's a yeah, so that's a quick arc though, isn't it's it? It's very quick. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not I'm not sure about it, but I it makes sense to me. Uh, I'll go along with that as well. I mean it's a short term uh, theory. Oh yeah. But well, then the idea of him wanting his armor as well, like I mean that's such a source of pride. That's a pull. Would not, I would not be surprised. So Yeah, when you have when you have I mean it makes sense if you think about it. He, you're you're trying to get your armor back. You're trying to reestablish Mandalore. I, I'm assuming that's what he's doing, because when I look at the uh, the previews of the of the subsequent episodes, it's like the the WWE lady. Um, oh right. The the chick from Marvel. She's in Deadpool. Deadpool. Uh, that's what it is. Yeah. yeah so the like the bodybuilder lady. Um, I, I don't know. She might be a Mandalorian. I don't know. It looks like because he's high fiving her, like bro hugging her. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, and. Uh, Maybe Bill Burr becomes part of the oh, yeah. of the crew. I don't know. I don't know. He comes in with blasters in the preview, but uh, mm-hmm. but Aaron, I think you might be right. The Quill might end up on his crew. You never know. Um, you know, as the engineer, as the guy who fix fixes the, the what's it called, the Razor Crest. Uh, it's a Razor Crest, the class of ship. Yeah, I don't really have any any uh, enough knowledge to give any um, theories, long term theories, except. What my buddy Josh said, where he thought the whole clone thing got to be a tie-in. There's got to be a tie-in of whether whether it's the crazy theory, which I think 
crazy, like the essence of you know for Palpatine that Ryan was talking about. Maybe they just introduce that ability. Um, so, so not so. Leia being able to survive in outer space oh, isn't right, so, yeah. so so much of a triggering event for people. This might just also be an intro into the First Order itself. Yeah, we might just see how they begin the clone processing for that, and then they stopped eventually for some reason. Maybe the Yodeling only has so much power to do that. Something like that. Uh, yeah. Maybe so we'll just tell me about that, Ryan. I don't think I know about that. The First Order and clone process. What are you talking about? Uh, I, I think they have a model that makes it so they can genetically modify the troopers, I believe. I'm not sure. But uh, I know they just take kids. That's mo- most of what I can, ah. I read episode seven, the book, and there's something to do with they use some sort of genetic thing for, like, the Imperial Guard and stuff like that. But They modify them after they capture them? I think so, as kids. It's something to do with how they brainwash them. I know that because it didn't work with Finn it for did, some yeah. reason. He's yeah. the only one that's ever went AWOL. Yeah, that's all I can feel. Any comments, Aaron? Uh, no, so I wanted to go back to what Jordan was saying. I think that I agree with you. Cause that, that's the moral dilemma I think that he's going to face, right, is, is balancing the baby versus the versus the, man, you know, the armor. Like, I think he's really drawn as a Mandalorian to having that steel uh, yeah. you know, bring it back to the Mandalorian people, right? That's what And that's what the blasphemous said is, like, you know, thank you for bringing this back to, to Mandalore. Uh, but on the flip side, you know, he's going to have that baby. And I, I could see absolutely see the way you're talking about where he ends up giving the baby up, but then the first thing he's going to do is go find it. Uh, it, it I just, because he's going to, it's going to be torturing him, right? That he, I, he just looked at the thing and was like, this is an orphan just like me. I, I have to protect it, right? And I just, I, I just it's going to be, that's going to be the most interesting part of the character arc, I think, for him in this season yeah. is that dilemma. So I, I don't, it didn't bother me. But I really wanted more. The first two episodes, were one was 35 minutes and the second one was 30 minutes. Uh, I just wanted more. Um, how'd you guys feel about that? Uh, yeah, I've, I've definitely heard complaints. People saying that the 35 minutes is just a bit too short. <laughs> but uh, I think Star Wars is kind of in like a period of uh, reform after Last Jedi and just the insane backlash they got for, you know, this basically the fan base being split, it seems. Uh, they're definitely feeling it out, I feel like. I know they've already ordered season two, and, like, they know this is going to be good, but it's it just seems like they were really testing the waters with this, and they want to see how well it does, and I feel like that's what a lot of the season's going to be, especially since they're all going to be about 35 minutes, is they're going to give you what you want, and not much more. I don't think that's why I don't think there's going to be any huge spoilers or anything because they're really not going to try and go for anything crazy out there that would negatively the fact, impact the movie. Well, yeah, even just the lore itself. I, I they're I think they're pretty terrified to do that <laughs> unless they come out with some crazy, you know, movie in in the future. That is, but uh, yeah, that's that's why I kind of feel like the the show is going to stay <clears> in just a niche. I don't think they're going to go. I'm, I want them to go into the Mandalorian culture a lot more, but I think majority of what we're getting is already been seen. All right, Tim says, I'm sorry, Aaron, let me just read this real quick, Aaron. Yeah, the episode schedule for the, this is what Tim said, the episode schedule for the final two episodes were adjusted to fit around the rise of Skywalker. Episode 7 releases on or about uh, the 18th of December. I think he means 9, right? Yeah. Episode 9. Um, the last, 
Last one is a week after December 20th. Cloning seems like the most plausible tie into the Skywalker saga. So he's agreeing with 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 you guys. Production costs are probably a factor into the short episodes. So it's only 12.5 million per episode. I know. <laughs> in a way, it's like they're testing the waters by throwing millions of dollars yeah. into every episode. Yeah. I mean, they did get 10 million subscribers and their stock jumped $25 in a day. Like that was $25? Like, it's, yeah. it's Disney, so. Yeah. They're loaded. Well, they don't want another flop that only makes three hundred million dollars profit. Yeah, like episode I think, eight. Uh, <laughs> my, I didn't have an issue with number with episode one at all, as far as its length. I thought the length of that was pretty much felt good. Perfect. Yeah, I thought episode two because of the way that story was, it just seemed like it was like a thirty-minute action sequence. Like it wasn't really. That was it. It was like it was almost like a like a cartoon side story, right? Where the, the characters go on a side adventure that doesn't mean anything. It's a filler episode. It kind of felt the same way. Where this guy How dare you say that? I'm going to go find a nice little furry egg so that the Jawas can have some, you know, egg yolk. That's that's what was so weird about it. But I didn't, I, I, I still love the episode. I thought the way that they did it was great. Yeah. But it was like, give me 10 more minutes uh, of, of something inside of that. Uh, yeah, I heard somebody else say filler episode. We read it. We watched. I watched the first twelve seconds of it, and he said filler episode, and I, and I turned the YouTube off. But um, <laughs> I, I don't disagree that that what you guys are saying. I'm just saying that if I think I mean fill, I would agree with filler episode the way Ryan is saying it. I think you tell me if, you, if you're if I'm right. Is it's still developing the character? It's still telling us. It's getting us to, to love this little gizmo. It's getting us to see. Uh, now uh, an increased bond between the two of them because of the attempted heels and then him saving his ass with holding that rhino up in the air. I don't know what the name of the creature is. But um, but without that, you know, you don't feel it. You can't assume that bond and that... Um, so filler in that, you're right, it's a side quest. It's a side mission. It's not going to necessarily further the plot much other than the bounties, I think, on, on the gizmo. But um, so uh, I hate you both. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. I didn't hate it. No, I didn't hate it either. Well, those lengths as well, the length, how short it is, was it's more akin to like the animated uh, series, like the, I mean, Clone Wars is probably what, like, that's got to be around half an hour. I think they tend to typically are like 25 minutes, something like that, each yeah. episode. So that's kind of what this felt like a little bit more to me, where it's like, um, and I'm, so I'm not as more, as like as much against that. The idea of like, uh, quality over quantity um to me i'm like if it's gonna be 35 minutes episodes of fantastic content then i'm on board i'd much rather have that than you know an hour of most of it's filler and then maybe one or two because that that would annoy me because that's why i think like the the idea of it being more of a filler episode last episode didn't bother me in the slightest was because it was so short so that's my opinion any other uh, any other that's good any other uh Comments you want to make about the first two episodes or anything else before I want to I want to talk about something else. But anything else she I has wish she would have taken IG with them, fixed them, and made him a sidekick. But I was so hoping that that because you know he's on the freaking cover of it when you're looking at, when you open Disney Plus, you're like, oh man, all right, he's gonna be part of the team. Not nah, smoke that fool. <laughs> That was awesome. It's a cool droid, though, wasn't it? It yeah. was yeah. awesome. Yeah, like they prepare him and like make him part of your crew. Destruct like, sequence that, that initiated. Was how he offered to make him part of the crew. You know, it kind of went away from the I'm a loner. Like, no, I find value in you and I want you to be part of this team. 
I thought that was interesting as well because they were really set. I felt like the the loner thing on him was just so strong, and then yeah. it was it wasn't out of character. I don't think it was because uh, it was because he saw value in the guy. Um, but I thought that was an interesting. But do you remember you remember the movie The Outlaw Josie Wales? Remember how much of a loner he was after he after the rest of his Confederate uh, like the band broke up, um, yeah. and then throughout the three hour movie. He Ryan doesn't like this movie, by the way, and I I, I really appreciate it if you would not comment. Uh, he didn't say he didn't like it. He said it just wasn't that great. Um, but Clint Eastwood's character arc goes from being a crazy loner, bent on revenge, to at the end of the movie he's protecting these people that this this odd you know group of people that that have attached themselves to him that are really drawn to him. Um, he thinks he's a no good SOB and a killer and they see something good in him and I think I think that's going to be the same theme with the Mandalorian Ryan I was just messing with you, you know, go ahead and respond you're good I like I love Josie Wells <laughs> I knew he was going to say a lot of, there's a lot of filler in it and that bothers the hell out of me in Spaghetti Westerns even though I know it's you know majority of them are especially anything with uh, John Wayne or anything like that there's a lot of filler but yeah I agree what'd you say about John Wayne <laughs> There's a lot of filler. That's yeah, a western, but I, I, I think that's the way it's going to be. That's my, um, I guess if that's a theory. I don't think that's a that's a crazy idea. You know, he's got to be redeemed or not redeemed, but he's got to have that character arc. He's the protagonist, so you have to like him, even if he's an sob at the beginning. Um, it's already being handled better than somebody like say Han Solo who's a scoundrel and then suddenly you're supposed to love him and he's a general uh, anyway did you hear about the change on uh, on Uvo? the Greedo I thought the special effects just got added no they added a line to Greedo which is effectively him threatening him and then uh, they shoot simultaneously oh come on <laughs> yep. commit already like yeah I know that's hilarious. Hey, Disney doesn't have the originals; they can't go back. But for some reason, they can they can add something. That's, <laughs> like, whatever, dude. Like, come on. Jesus. Hey, it, it got people talking about it. It did. Yeah. yeah. Let's see. Someone else said, uh, "Oh, Hammer's here." <laughs> he said, "Don't ever speak negatively of Han Solo." All right. Next time, we're gonna get Josh on here. But uh, I I talked a little bit, Josh, about your um, your theory about uh, cloning and whatnot. If you want to pop it off real quick in, in the chat while we talk about a couple things, we can address it. But um, what I wanted to talk about, and it's super quick, we can do this again in, in a couple weeks or maybe a month uh, before episode nine comes out. I definitely want to do that, guys. So let's get the, let's get this crew back together. Maybe add Josh or any, heck anybody else. We can also add people to to a call and have them speak while you know while we're on video. That'd be fine because because Tim obviously knows a lot about this and is. He's pretty damn good at it. Um, that's right. We just watched that last night, Gross Point Blank. But um, um, episode nine, I'm so excited for it. Um, what I saw, what I saw uh, Abrams talk about, and I'll just say this, and you guys give me your opinions. He said, "I did not play it safe." He said he felt like he. He said, "Well, maybe I didn't play it safe in episode seven. He said, "But." He said he felt uh, a duty to give people another Star Wars movie, to link the the first trilogy to this trilogy. He said, and then he then he 
and I don't really want to talk about this because it'll take too long. Then he defended Ryan Johnson and what he did with Episode Eight. Um, but he said, now in Episode Nine, he said, if you've seen my Star Trek movie, he, or what I did with the Star Trek universe, you'll know that I don't play it safe. And he goes, and I definitely didn't in this episode. So what do you guys think? <laughs> so um, I'm I'm not with the people that say Episode Seven is like a new hope. I mean. I feel like those people don't watch Star Wars a lot, but that's just me. <laughs> but uh, I just, uh, yeah, obviously the guy who's a fanatic and loves Darth Vader is a part of a Empire-esque First Order, and of course they built a bigger and better Death Star, and of course the Rebels are going to try and kill it. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's just ridiculous that people get upset about that, but the characters are wildly different than anything we know. Uh... Like Kylo Ren, I mean, an interesting Sith, like an actually Sith we know about. Like, not saying Darth Vader isn't great, just you know, it, it's just More Kylo Ren actually has a story. You understand his motives. You understand why he's trying to live up for Ray. You don't know anything about her past, nothing about the character, but you know she has a sense of compassion and just loyalty that. She was. I don't. It's just Finn. Even hit, just all the acting's good, which is just insane for a Star Wars movie. Right. <laughs> and just yeah. I mean, Episode Seven is by no means the same movies that are, you know, the original trilogy or anything like that. And Episode Eight, I can understand why he wants to defend Ryan Johnson, but the guy's an idiot. You should have just made the movie, shut up your mouth, and just, you know, that's my product. I'm done. Not go out there and be like, you guys are wrong. Like. You don't get to tell Star Wars fans that. That's just stupid. So, yeah. I'm not. So I, 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 I'm in the minority, I guess, because I actually really enjoy TLJ. Uh, I was not a fan of the Cantel by scene. I understood the, the utility of it with, you know, Finn's, Finn's figuring out his own, you know, what he wants to do. Sure. Got it. He realized he wanted to be loyal. Yeah, 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 yeah I got you. Got you. Yeah. yeah, so that was... That was the beauty of that scene, which I got it. But like, I loved how they treated Luke Skywalker. I thought it was appropriate. Um, he's, you know, I, I battle with Chris Norsey about this all the time because uh, he still hates the movie. Because he's a Skywalker fanboy. He is a Skywalker. Fanboy. He wants he wants he, Luke to be the the hero in the in this trilogy. He wanted Luke to come down and happen. start pulling Star Destroyers out of the sky. Sure, and, sure. You know, crushing ATATs with you know with with the Force. And, but he admitted and, that. He admitted that. He That's what he wanted, yeah. yeah. And uh, but for me, like it was like, no, it made sense. And then how how he ended, uh, it was the ultimate pacifist Jedi way, right? And that just so I I, I don't I mean, I'm just like Obi Wan. Yeah, and I think I think Ryan Johnson, I, I think JJ's right. I think Ryan Johnson doing what he did gave JJ some courage to like make a decision that was to do things that might be unpopular, right? Like. Uh, and I, I agree with Ryan. Like I have a friend that, that thinks Kylo Ren is by far the most interesting character in any Star Wars movie ever. Like he has more depth than anyone. It's else. not even close. Yeah, and so it's uh, that. And I don't, I don't disagree. You know, it's it's. I've enjoyed these last two movies. And I'm looking forward to Episode Nine. Absolutely. I, uh, I just I really want to see how they how they end up with the Emperor. Like that's going to be badass. It's going to be so good. Ooh, that's cool. And it's going to end with Rey being Skywalker. <clears throat> So. Certainly, she's going to be a. You think she's going to choose to be Skywalker? How do you think they'll do that? 
She's like take on the Skywalker. She's gonna take on the yeah the moniker or name of Skywalker. I think that's how it's gonna be. What do you think, Ryan? I I don't know what I think. What I hope is she becomes a baddie and then Kylo Ren kills her and he takes on the Sky, <laughs> that uh, Skywalker. So cool. and that's what I, yeah, I hope. I would love that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. She's I mean, I hope to God that scene we saw her in the trailer with the lightsaber that bends is not a dream. I hope to God that's real. And we get some of the coolest, you know, space wizard fight we've ever seen. Like, because, I mean, The Last Jedi, that throne room fight was some of the best, you know, choreography I've seen in a while. It was awesome. Oh, people hate that. Yeah, they're, oh, they're they hate idiots. it. Because yeah. they're, they're in sword combat all the time. They know what that's like. <laughs> but yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, all the choreography and all the sequel, the sequel trilogy has been, what I think, amazing. It's just it just makes sense. Kylo Ren has a broadsword, so he swings hard and fast. Like Finn, when he fought him, is just swinging at him, not really blocking. He doesn't know what he's doing that well. Like it's just, it makes so much sense. And the fact that people get upset about that was insane to me. But yeah, I, I hope, I hope she turns baddie and we get to Yoker and she's inconsequential to the Star Wars universe. And then we there's no way. There's oh, no way. I'll bet you a million dollars. There's no I, way that will happen. How cool would that be? They're not going to do that. It's Disney. Think about it. Of course. They killed yeah. a woman. They're not doing it. <laughs> not doing it. They killed a woman. I mean, no, she's the... to see Kylo do some crazy stuff. I, I just need Kylo to have some sort of round out that makes me enjoy it. Yeah. And not he just gets punked on because they don't know. know what to do with them. Let, like, let, that's what... That, Aaron said this This will be his redemption movie. I remember you saying that a year ago. So we'll say that for just before episode nine when we get together and do this again. Because uh, I know you want to go into more in depth. Both of you do. But uh, Josh said, uh, I think not playing it safe would have would have been calling this episode 8. Uh, having Ray wake up and be like, what a terrible dream. It was like a slow chase. Anti-capitalism, animal rights, Bantha Poo, poo Show. Thank goodness it was just a dream. <laughs> yeah, Disney was rocking the diversity theme pretty Pretty heavily in uh, episode eight. We'll just we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Well, Rose, get get off her back, man. I hate her character. <laughs> no hard feelings for the actress. I like that. I like uh, Finn's the idea of Finn's arc and everything. I just everything about her character bothered me. It was the only thing that really took me out of it, man. I just don't. Is the writing? And I, I don't blame the actress at no, all. No, I don't. Well, I, I only say that because people reacted so badly to her. Like, they yeah. freaked out. PTSD flashbacks of Titanic. I've listened to Tim Rose. I enjoyed her sister. Yes, right. Why isn't she the one? Her sister looked badass. She broke her spine and then watched herself die. Like, come on. It's amazing. It's cooler. Uh, Tim said, uh, young Skywalker idealism versus old Luke pessimism is appreciated by older people like me. Luke overcomes it by the end, and I appreciate it. Hashtag resiliency. (laughs) 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 The the airman in the stream laugh. uh, (laughs) You're retiring. Get over it. Yeah, yeah. Tim, man, he's, uh, he's resilient. But uh, I I like that, too. I I know. He works for Court Urban. He has to be resilient. Justin, I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought Tim. I thought you were in a. You're in the Pentagon, dude. Yeah, he, yeah, he moved. Ah, okay. I thought you were at Springfield, or you were. My bad. He was. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I'm not up on current events. Hey guys. He, uh, he the best in Say that again. 
he helped them to divest his billet. Oh, I see. Yeah. He wasn't doing anything. He wasn't valuable in Springfield. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, any, uh, so is it a deal? We, uh, the four of us get together at the very least. Uh, let's see. Um, I got a lot going on in December, but you guys do too. I know Ryan's got, uh, is busy learning, getting his smarts in the one and O world. Um, I told you that, right, Aaron? Oh, you breathe. I told you that, didn't I? <laughs> oh, oh, now we got to start this now. Come on, man. <laughs> I've been trying to uh, actually instill in some of the pipeliners because we were, we were upstairs where the one-on-ones learned because that was the only open classroom. And, like, we're walking by them, and, like, I, I'm walking with, like, two of the brand-new airmen, and I'm like, look at that guy. And they're like, what? And I'm like, look at that one in one I'm like, who cares about that guy? <laughs> and they're like, they're like – they just look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, you guys don't have like wars in the dorms? Like, what I know, baby. Like, what are we doing? That's good. We've already we've already got Ryan. Uh... Yeah. I'm glad that you're learning on a floor where real analysts learn. That's good. Yeah. 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 Look at this on the picture. <laughs> What's that? I don't know. What's that? <clears throat> anyway, um, <laughs> that was me in uh, block four, but um. I don't know if you guys. I don't know what you guys do now. How much you guys get into imagery or not? Uh, we actually had an entire block where we. I'm going to use air quotes here. Exploited imagery, which I was so bad at. But um, it's, it's not much different. There's a lot of that. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to make like a baby here real soon, bro. Yeah, yeah. Hey guys, thanks a lot for uh, for. <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks for joining us. Um, apologies for the technical errors. Uh, I probably won't do this until we do this again next time, and I'll screw it up again. But uh, it'll have to be on the weekend, obviously, for Ryan's uh, class schedule and everything. We'll try and do. Um, let's try and do the first weekend of December. I've got I got to go to DC that week, but I think I'm home. Um, um, let, let's shoot for the let's shoot for the seventh or the eighth, and we'll, we'll get together and talk about this stuff and. Uh, this time I'll actually send you a, a Word document letting letting you know what we're going to talk about ahead of time. But I just kind of like just being able to to wing it. You know, this was a ton of fun. Uh, appreciate you guys. Anything else? No, brother. Aaron's getting the hook. All right. Okay, guys. My son is desperately wanting to go to dinner. So. Awesome. Okay. Thank you, boy. Gaden on the Gaden on the camera here. That's what oh. I'm talking about. <laughs> we're following your we're following his life on Facebook yeah he's the only one that gets pictures on my Facebook so yeah I'm too fat and old thanks brother appreciate it man right, I will talk thanks. to you soon yep hi Ryan thank you very much alright what, what you got on the fridge back there what is that all about uh it's car part magnets anytime I buy car parts to send me a magnet so <laughs> wow still a gearhead alright buddy Hey man, thanks a lot. Yeah, no study, you. study, study. All right, talk to you soon. Bye. Signing off. Hi. We're still live, so. Yeah, we're all good. <laughs> thanks everybody. Really appreciate it. Um, we'll do it again soon. Had a great time. Yeah, I mean, I don't like the lighting in the room. What's I didn't the... follow what you said. Uh, <laughs> Can you freak? Uh, we don't like the lighting here, but. Uh, it's cool. If you could hear us, and they had great lighting. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thanks for uh, tuning in. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon.
Josh. I mean, I Cortana shows up on there. And then, also, we're still alive. <laughs> I know, okay, but Josh said something. So, one of those are the BuzzFeed of Intel reporting. The BuzzFeed. <laughs> Aggregate and create nothing new. How dare you? Wow. Yeah. Top 10 reasons why we don't like Josh. Yeah. <laughs> it's also hashtag fake news. Anyway, he's probably the only one I would take that from. Really? Yes, because mm. he's done pretty much every one-in job there is on the planet. All right, thanks a lot, guys.